It's Morning Radio TBD. Welcome to our pre-Easter listen. Odin didn't hang on a tree for nine days just for Easter Bunny to hide your chocolate eggs. Let's get into it. Here is Ryan and Joshua. He hung upside down for nine days. A sacrifice of himself to himself. Wait, he was hanging upside down? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, Odin hung... For some reason, that's lesser to me. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why, but I feel like that's not as, like... I don't know. I think he was, like, in some way, like, painfully anchored to the tree. But, yeah. Yeah. uh, Hung upside down from the tree for nine days, given no bread or mead, pierced by a spear, uh, a sacrifice of himself unto himself. Uh, That is the height of narcissism, by the way. I'm sorry. I'm going to sacrifice myself to myself. Now, I don't think that's how it is, how it works. It is how it works. <laughs> now, I you don't like it, go join a different mythology. <laughs> Unfortunately, in one of the other popular mythologies in the world, <laughs> the son of God was also supposed to be God himself. So he kind of was a sacrifice of himself unto himself. Yeah, but I think it was like, I, I think in that instance, I think... You know, he was still Christ the mortal, so he didn't have God mode unlocked. Okay, that's... (laughs) (laughs) I wish I still remember the Doom Codes, because I'd quote it right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he didn't didn't press the Konami code in. Okay, yeah, up, up, uh, yeah, he... Sorry, man. He was on the... Like the the cross even has that he could have pushed you know up up down down on <laughs> he couldn't he was stuck he was like can you just hey soldier can you hit that button and then the soldier slipped and and, him. and stabbed him instead yeah. instead yeah oh see he was just trying to hit the select start yep mm. all right guys um I hope I hope uh, everyone's Easter goes well this upcoming weekend um because eggs did go down in price they're they still a little time. high. I don't know if I would buy eggs just to die and hide them. I'd be like, you better find all these effing eggs. <laughs> <laughs> so I do want to acknowledge the cultural impact that this podcast has had. Okay. Um, because we called out the failing New York Times, very low ratings, for not covering the train story in Ohio. And within a week... Their podcast had covered the train story in in Ohio, so very true. They they heard us. They're like, "Yep, we we can see we can see what the people are looking for. We understand where we have failed." So that that one belongs to us. Uh, two, our second episode was all about egg prices, and it's very clear that Big Poultry has heard the will of the people and is pulling back on on egg prices a little bit because I've noticed that they have been coming down. So, uh, yeah, we, I'm, um, you know, thank you. Uh, whoever's in a position of power that's been listening. That's been listening. Like, oh yeah. You know what? This price gouging on eggs is, uh, some foul business. <laughs> <laughs> I will not, I will not stand for this. <laughs> oh, that was excellent. That was well done, sir. It was pretty excellent. It was, it was just fantastic. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so even though uh, agreed the price of eggs are coming down, I think it's still uh, a little um, uh, a little odd that we're going to hide them uh, outdoors, uh, where they're just going to go bad. I feel like, and 
I, I don't know. Maybe we can do this with plastic eggs this year. I think more and more people are doing it with plastic eggs. That's good. Uh, it is good because when you don't find all the real eggs, uh, you will find them within a month. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You'll be like, what is that smell in the bookshelf? <laughs> say, oh, that's right. I put one there. It's it's gross. It's yeah. gross. I, I remember one year, um, I was not entirely asleep one Easter okay. Eve, and okay. I heard the bunny uh-huh. hiding the coin-filled eggs. Um, but I didn't get to go first. Like, my little sisters, because they're so much younger, they have to have a head start. So the way that my my family handled this, we actually had a very interesting tradition. Um because there were, you know, there were five of us, and uh, we did the, the plastic hollow eggs. They were actually they were filled with candy. So like our Easter baskets had some candy in them, but not as much as like the full haul was going to be. Because a lot of our candy was locked in our little treasure eggs, hidden about the yard and uh, the household. Um, <clears throat> but to keep things fair, each kid had a colored egg to seek. And I think we each had like 14 or 15 of them that we could find. And so you knew your color when you woke up the, that morning and you were just looking for your color. And uh, my uh, the, the, the youngest ones, their eggs were usually hidden pretty much in plain sight. For us older ones, it was a little bit more of a challenge to, to find them. And uh, inevitably, uh, the squirrels took theirs with at least one egg every year. <laughs> every year, these squirrels are like, this is a great day. This is a good day. <laughs> yeah, this, the squirrels definitely got one or two every year. Fantastic. <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, Easter's upon us. Uh, one last chance to get some sweet, sweet candy until everything shuts down for like six months. Yeah, it's a good point. <laughs> then we uh, no no candy until Halloween, but hey, I mean it's it's beach body season, right? Like this is it's it's summer. Gotta you know let go of the uh, uh, yeah. let go of the sweets, engage your core. That's that's uh, what they what they say, something like that. Lame, lame. <laughs> All the beaches are going to be covered in seaweed anyway. Don't yeah. bother. There's like that that uh, like red. It's is it like a red kelp or something that has like this massive. Yeah, uh, it's nothing new. Is, right. Is the thing. It's nothing right, exactly. new. It's just, it's a little bit extra this year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in the, I, I will say in the past couple of years, um, it's been creeping up the shorelines uh, on Florida. Okay. Uh, where I don't want to go to Cocoa anymore because it's going to be covered in seaweed. I'm like, we need to go further up. We need to go to at least Daytona and or even a little bit further. It smells. It is. It is a very foul stench. It's not real pleasant. stinky. Yeah, no. Um, <clears throat> and I guess one of the big issues with it is that as it dries, it becomes a terrible fire hazard. Not just because it's dry seaweed, but because like whatever chemicals are locked up in it are like hyper flammable. And so it, it's actually like a, a serious danger to have it piling up on beaches. I'm all about it. Set the beaches on fire. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually apparently a, 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 because this this has been a growing problem over the last. Because when I was in um, Mexico last year, uh, yeah, couldn't go into the water um, because of the same same kind of like uh, it's not a red tide. I forget because a red tide's something different. That's a like an algae bloom, but um, it, it's the same kind of red seaweed. But it was you know it, it just choked the beach. Smelled really bad, um, but. 
somebody, I, I guess one of the, you know, it, it's been suggested that uh, it get gathered up and used as fuel sources in, um, you know, places of the world that are like lesser on the socioeconomic scale. Is It's just an additional fuel source for them potentially. And I was like, that seems a little grim, but okay. Ah, the innovation of capitalism. Waste right. not, want not, my friend. Yes. <laughs> Where one sees stench, another one sees opportunity. Another sees profit. Yeah, it's... Ugh. Underpants gnomes. <laughs> Step three is always profit. Yes. Uh, my kids started watching the Marvel movies. Ooh, where did you begin? Iron Man. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I could debate the, uh, oh, who should you like start with chronologically? Yeah. Uh, but honestly, it's just easier to go with like more or less order of release. Yeah. Um, and we're just doing phase one. Okay. Like at his age and stuff, I'm like, we're only going to Avengers. The first and Avengers, then we're gonna yeah. we're gonna pause there for a bit. Yeah. So his comprehension levels like catch up. Sure. Uh so he's done Iron Man. We're skipping Hulk because mm. I was like, I really love Hulk. Yeah. But I think he will not really appreciate Hulk very much. Hulk is a much slower movie. It is. And yeah. a little more cerebral. Yeah. Yeah, um, I don't mind the Ed Norton Hulk. I think it's a pretty good movie, actually. No, I re- I really like it. Yeah, I really like it, and I really like that depiction of the Hulk. Yeah, um, he watching it years later, you're like, oh, that CG's aged a bit. Mm. Um, but I loved the gross, menacing, everything rippling on him. Yeah, Hulk. And then Disney was like, now let's make him a little more gooey and friendly. Let's make nice and Hulk smaller. Yeah, like he's so much smaller, and I was like, that sucks. I mean, Hulk, the, the whole thing about Hulk was he was kind of, he was almost as dangerous to his allies as to his enemies, you know, like, oh yeah, Hulk's on Hulk's side. Right, exactly. And if you could aim him, then he could be very, you know, a very powerful weapon in, in your cause, but you, it's really hard to aim him. <laughs> Hulk's gonna Hulk, baby. Hulk, Hulk is gonna Hulk. Yeah. So and that's the movie where he breaks Harlem. So he, uh, he saw Iron Man. And okay. last night we started Iron Man 2. And oh, yeah. one thing I, I forgot and it was very unfortunate to see is there's a scene where Stark engages in conversation with Elon Musk at yes, the Grand there Prix. Is. Yes, um, there is. And I was like, oh, this is a moment that does not age well. No wonder this movie sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I, so I... Um, I, I Who's the the villain in it, um, or who, who who plays him? Uh, damn it, I'm I'm blanking. Mickey Rourke. Mickey Rourke. Thank you. I love Mickey Rourke's performance in that movie. Um, yes. I think I think he is really cool, and I think that the movie needed more emphasis on Whiplash and less emphasis on Justin Hammer, because um, I think that he would have made it, it just a a good, compelling, sinister one on one villain rather than like this, you know arms race essentially that's going on in the background i i don't know i um i think that iron man 2 needed to be lower stakes than it was i i actually really like the story of iron man 2 okay i think there's some parts of it that are executed poorly but it it suffers from being a sequel sure um and i do worry that there's like a little too much going on there's a lot yeah um but it is like it is the weakest of all like the phase one movies Okay. Um, I, I think a lot of Thor? people. Thor's fine. I think that's exactly it. I think Thor's fine. Thor, the first Thor, I think the first Thor is great. 
Okay. The Dark World is pretty meh. Yeah. I do not like Ragnarok. I hate Ragnarok. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. And Love and Thunder is eh, kind of edging out Ragnarok a little bit. I started watching Love and Thunder. I never finished it. It's it's short. Oh, okay. So I should go back and give it another. There's that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Thor one I think is okay. Is pretty great. You can argue about his uh, blonde eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> it is funny to see some of the evolution of the characters over the years as they like figure out. Like Captain America is a good example. Like Cap in the first Avengers movie looks like traditional comic book Cap, and I think they looked at that and they're like, yeah, "This just doesn't work in the real world." And so they eventually gave him a more like, you know, his, his his suit started to look a little bit more like battle armor and looked a little more tactical. And like, maybe this is something that you would actually go fighting in, not blue spandex. <laughs> yeah. His, his suit in First Avengers, you're like, oof. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> the very, very traditional, but uh, maybe not, maybe not what he needed. <laughs> it's shiny. It is. Yeah. So... Anyway, we've got that going on. That's nice. kind of cool. That's and awesome. I'm, 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 I'm curious to kind of watch these where my frame of mind is currently. Yeah. And see how I still feel about these movies. Mm-hmm. Um, what's, what's been the experience so far? I mean, I, I really think Iron Man is great. I think what, Iron Man is a stellar film. And I, I was just going to say that because I think that <clears throat> overall, the Marvel Cinematic Universe in its, in its original run in context in time... Um, I think was so thrilling to people that it was given, I, I guess I want to say like the benefit of the doubt often. And uh, when I go back and watch some of the early movies, it does feel like a lot of, at least at this point, it feels like a lot of meh um, with some like stellar standouts. I, the original Iron Man movie is a fucking great movie. Like it just, it is just a great movie. I'm also, a, you know, a big Winter Soldier fan. I think that that, movie is excellent i think still even up to this point where we are with all the different films that have come out i think winter soldier is still the best marvel film marvel film yeah it's it's so good it's so good um yeah and there i so i think that there are like in in the first three phases there are identifiably excellent movies but i do think that a lot of it felt like going back and and rewatching it were it not for the fact that they in some way advance like the interconnected plot filler. Like the Dark World is a great example. I don't mind the Dark World, but I couldn't tell you the first thing that happens in it. There was Dark Elves. Yeah, I. Yep, there was that. Yeah. And there was uh, the Jarlaxle Ic- and his buddies. Uh, <laughs> the the, the, the Icker. <laughs> yeah. The end. The end. <laughs> the end. <laughs> Uh, but this is not cinema, my friend. Uh, so we should probably get off of yeah, movies. Yeah, we, we, we have been talking about movies a little bit. Yeah. Get into the meat potatoes of what this is all about. Yeah, what do you, uh, what do you got for me today, Josh? What's, uh, what's on the... Uh... Well, do we want to start with the good or the bad? Uh, we should probably get the bad out of the way. All right. Uh, probably the worst thing that's happened. Yeah. Uh, the worst thing that has happened since we last recorded. Uh, coming straight from... What is this? Truth Social? Trump has been indicated. <laughs> he has been indicated. He has been indicated by the authorities in New York. 
Never has someone been so indicated in his life. The the typo is what did it for me. I, I when I saw it, I was like, "Am I reading this wrong?" It's like, no, no. He uh, he fucked it up. He's been indicated by the radical left thugs. Yes, and he's gonna have to go and get rained on <laughs> on Tuesday. <laughs> Please God, let that be the next tweet. <laughs> no. Okay. So yes, the, the uh, one one big news item that yeah. is just is going to occupy the news cycle for a while. Cause of course yes. it is, even yep. though there's no news here. This story is an old story. Like right. this whole, uh, payoff to the prostitute, uh, sorry, the porn star, uh, that happened years ago. We mm-hmm. found out about it years ago. A guy went to jail for it years ago. Um, but now we're coming into it. And again, when money's involved, the government gets super meticulous yes, about where do. money comes from. Well, <laughs> it depends because I, I think that I, I, I could rage about how the IRS being defunded is a huge problem and that the IRS should be aimed more at the 1% rather than, you know, the lower 99. We'll hold that conversation for now. But in this case, yeah, wanting to know where where that money came from and because essentially they're, they're trying to make a case that this is a potential violation of um campaign finance laws yes so to be clear it's not that he paid someone off to stay quiet right it's that what money he used yes so here's the thing even if this all goes in like the most fantastical great way possible where he does get convicted of this dude's gonna get a fine maybe a week of jail time unlikely though he's probably gonna pay a fine uh more likely he's gonna get off which yeah. is ironic, uh, considering <laughs> considering what the holding is for, because he got off in the first place. Is that what you're yes. saying? Yes. Yeah. Uh, but the the thing that infuriates me about this is one, yeah. it's a big, huge news story. Everybody's talking about it. Yeah. When there is nothing to talk about, it's like, yes, you've indicted it. Well, this has never happened before. Okay. Well, it's happened now, and they, we don't have anything here to talk about. Is just, uh, the. The tears parade that went on right-wing uh, infotainment uh, oh my channels. I uh, pay close no, pay close attention to this because Lindsey Graham's performance really struck a chord with me. Uh, this man was about just short of bawling. Lindsey uh, Graham needs to leave Congress and just go to Hollywood because everything about him is an act. Yes, and he's freely he's freely admitted as much before, right. where he's just like, "Look, I will pivot and do what is best for my party and my political interests," and I almost respect the candor. However, he goes on there and he's crying about the injustice of this, and then this is what he says: he tells people to give money, yep, to Trump so he can <clears throat> fight this case. And I'm like, "Fuck you!" Yes, uh, once again, the former grifter in chief is going to use this as a way to get money from you that he doesn't need. He can get that money. He probably has that money in various uh, shell companies and offshore uh, <laughs> dealings. and uh, Credit Suisse. Uh, he's, he's got the money. He doesn't need it. No. And his base, a lot of his base, are not in that best financial position to give him anything. And they right. shouldn't. This is the model, though, of the, the, the televangelist. 
right? Like yes, the you know the, the guy that goes on TV and says, "God has told me that you need to give me your money so that I can continue to spread the word of God." Um, and and they typically prey on people that are not in a good financial position. And it's it's almost even the same script, right? Where like the televangelists say more or less, if you donate your money to me then that money is going to come back to you through the will of God. And so the people are like, okay, they almost view it as an investment in, in a strange kind of way. Um, in, in the same way, Trump is like, if you donate your money to me now so that I can beat these, I'll get into power and I'll fix the economy so that you get rich. And so again, it's almost seen as like, it, it, it is framed as a very like sinister investment, essentially. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I need to look back and see if Trump had any of those like infomercials that were on at like 3 a.m. Because uh, Trump stakes. Yeah, Trump stakes. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, that is all I want to say about the indictment because yeah. there's nothing to say about it. They, they feel like they have a case to pursue criminal charges of some form. It doesn't mean he's going to go to Rikers. Like, just settle, settle down. No, I, and I think the only additional thing that I uh, I want to add on this um, is this kind of weird self-own that I've seen out of, coming out of like the um, the the Republican Party because a, a lot of like in the online space, conservatives are saying like, well, I hope you know the the Democrats realize that you know this opens the door for us to go after other past presidents, and it's like, okay, if they committed crimes, then yeah. Like it, they this, should, they yes. should, right? I like not, this sh- it shouldn't be a controversial issue. If you break the fucking law, you should be justice should hunt you down. Like, <laughs> and I've not heard Dick all about the Hunter Biden stuff that that investigation should still be ongoing. Haven't heard sure. anything about that. We've not heard anything about the classified documents stuff. Yeah. Um, it, it doesn't mean that, the Justice Department has forgotten about it. It means right. they're doing their job and that information will come out when it comes out. So be patient, people. It's not a simple case of, oh, the radical left is trying to, you know, put Trump in the ground. It's a little more nuanced than that. Yeah. And, and the breathless expectation for constant headlines. And, and this is this is one of the few times I'm at a both sides the an issue on both sides is a problem because everybody was like, you know, why is the Justice Department not moving fast enough on like the January 6th issue with Trump? It's like, well, they're probably building a pretty fucking strong case so that when they can actually bring something, if they can bring charges or bring something to trial, it's not going to just like float out there and be like nebulous and and sort of like ill-defined. Justice most of the time should be working quietly. You know, it, it there's a lot of prep that goes into these kinds of things and yeah, I mean, if you want to uh, throw the, the Hunter Biden story out there, there probably is a lot of research that, that needs to go into what's at, you know, what the, the veracity of, of, of those stories are. It's not something that's going to happen overnight. You're not going to get a daily headline on these things. And I think that we have this is this is a, a, a an indictment of like the, you know, modern media. We have been primed to want daily headlines on issues. And uh, did you know that there was a day in the like 1970s where the BBC literally came on and said, hey, there's no news today, so we're going to play piano music instead? Yes, I, I actually yeah. I was going to call that out. Right. There's been a couple instances where there's – actually, I think you can Google slowest news day in like American history or whatever, and there is a date. Mm-hmm. There is a date for like the slowest day. I want to say it was 1929 yeah. or something, pre, pre-crash. 
of the stock market, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was the day before. The day before, It was a very yeah. slow news day. Like, yeah, nothing's happening. Everything seems pretty good. Uh, there's nothing to report. A uh, cow got out and crossed the road, and uh, you should buy bonds. <laughs> <laughs> buy government Next bonds. Next day, crash. <laughs> uh, so we, we talked a little bit about nuance yeah. and need to kind of chill out and just kind of look at the bigger picture here a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I'm now going to do the exact opposite. Please do. So I wrote a brief outline here called why I'm mad about Nashville. Mm. Um, I was actually in Nashville for one of the um, memoriams. Yeah. Um, There's, we've had, that, that was we've had a few. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, my, my hotel was like catty corner to the, uh, the, the government building there where they they had one of those things going on so traffic sucked so i was already pissed about that uh took way too long to get to my hotel if i can be (laughs) a little facetious uh no so another tragic shooting yeah another um i think uh anytime you go after children uh you're you're just one of the worst pieces of shit on earth i don't care what you're going through yeah, couldn't I agree more. I don't care what your life story is. Yeah, you have made a choice to do this. So supposedly, this this person, uh, some of these right outlets, they really hopped on the fact that this was a trans person. It's they, their, they really want to use that as a rallying cry to push gonna, forward their 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 trans anti trans ideology. They are going to ride this pony for years, despite the fact that this person represents less than one percent. I, again, just if, if we're talking about representative politics, 99% of mass shootings are, are uh, attributable to, um, to white males. So, yeah, the, the, the right needed this to, to be able to point the finger the other direction because it's almost always one of theirs. But the, uh, this is one of those cases where everything went right for the most part. Yeah. Everything went right. This person wrote... A manifesto this person texted their friend that was like hey i don't want to live anymore yeah i'm gonna go do something terrible and that person brought it to law enforcement's attention like immediately right um it's just immediately doesn't necessarily mean instantaneously sure there things could have gone a lot worse which i know is absolutely no comfort uh to anyone who who lost somebody Mm -hmm. in this tragedy but it could have been a lot worse and thankfully it wasn't right. Um, but this is a person who was like, I don't want to die or like, I want to die. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, you, you want to die. And I don't, this is going to sound very insensitive to anyone who's going through, uh, stuff and having suicidal thoughts. And I'm like, and I don't mean that. I don't mean what I'm about to say disrespectfully. Mm -hmm. Okay. Here goes. Yeah. If you want to off yourself and you don't have, the balls to do it yourself. You want to put yourself in a situation to where you get taken out. Uh, there are a lot of other ways to do it than to go shoot up a school, shoot like, up children. Fuck you. Yeah. Fuck you. I have zero sympathy, like die and burn in a fire for eternity. You took out children. Yeah. They didn't do nothing. No, I, um, <clears throat> cause I like, I remember how, uh, how like, rocked I was after Uvalde um and just like the that that one hit me in a really visceral way and 
it uh, it feels a little upsetting that um, the one that happened in my own backyard at this point I I, I felt numb to like I mean yeah I, I it's part of it is has been like living in in Nashville there's been at least for for those of us paying attention there's been an expectation of this. And the reason is, is um, Nashville has had a boom in gun. Well, Tennessee in general has had a boom in gun sales, which is um, tied directly to the fact that uh, the state um, relaxed its gun laws. And so there is no you don't have to have a permit to carry a weapon anymore. Um, You can open carry. You can conceal carry without uh, a permit. Um, And because of that, almost immediately saw an uptick in uh, in gun purchases. Uh, because there isn't that same regulation, a lot of people are buying guns who are terribly irresponsible with them. The next thing that happened is we now saw an uptick in gun theft. So, you know, idiots just leaving guns in their cars and, uh, cars getting broken into thieves are specifically looking for guns. Like you can actually leave, um, other odd valuables in your car and they, they'll break in. They're not looking for those. They're looking for guns. So the, proliferation of guns in the city of Nashville has gone way, way up. And um, I can't tell you how many times I have said to uh, my family on the phone um, discussing uh, some of the mass shootings that have happened over the last year. I'm like, it's, it, we're, we're waiting for our turn in Nashville. Like, it's, it's only a matter of time. And so this was, in a horrible way, very expected because it, it's, it, it was just a matter of time. Yes, and you, you, we live in a world now where like it's just a matter of when. Yeah, and it's, it's I, not an if; it is a when. I am so angry that we have to say when this happens. Yep. And will when- all the preventative measures be enough? Because what we're still not going to do is take away anyone's guns. Now, well, in this situation in Nashville, like mm-hmm. that person was a legal owner; they had. Everything so, done by the book, everything was correct in this yeah. instance. Why? But people still died. Most of the time, the the gun owners legally own their guns. But mm-hmm. what is this? This measure. This is a, a an odd measure that just got defeated in in the courts. That probably not a lot of people are are aware of this. Um, if you purchase a gun with a credit card, it goes into a. Uh, it's basically labeled on the credit card as general retail. It's not even labeled as like sporting goods. It's labeled general retail, or it might be labeled sporting goods, one way or the other. It's something that's very vague. And there was a push to try and have guns have their own label when they were when you swipe your credit card for them. The reason being, they would be able to pick up on a pattern like this particular owner who purchased seven guns within days of committing the shooting because that is a pattern that is highly suspect and and often precedes mass shootings like this. We, we have seen in a lot of cases that the shooter purchases a whole bunch of guns right before they commit the act. And the point of this bill that was supposed to be able to label guns in in credit card sales was we'll be able to see this pattern more often and be able to get people who are maybe going through something the kind of help they need so they don't do shit like this. So, yeah, the the guns were all purchased legally. Um, We we don't have red flag laws in the state of Tennessee. I don't know that I've ever heard of red flag laws doing a, a damn thing anyway because people are so afraid to enforce them. Yeah, that's a big issue. Well, and that, and, and that's the thing is, 
you know, like the 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 right wing has been saying, you know, we're not going to fix this. Like these are actual quotes is we're not going to fix this problem. Um, and uh, they're like, you know, criminals are going to get guns, yada, yada, yada. It's like, OK, well, then why are you so, you know, up in your own pants about abortion? If people, if, you know, you can't fix the issue, people are going to, you know, criminals are going to do whatever they're going to do. Criminals are going to get criminal abortions. Then why even pass laws to, to try and prevent them? The fact is, is that you do think passing laws makes a difference. So why are we not passing laws for gun control and enforcing them? Red flag laws need to be enforced. This person, like you said, ha- threw up a bunch of red flags and nobody did anything about it. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and unfortunately, in the past uh, year or two, there, there's actually been uh, several uh, instances where something has been per- portrayed that should have been caught by red flag laws that existed yes. in those areas, and uh, just local law enforcement didn't follow it. And I was like, so in a sense, law enforcement is breaking the law, but that's yeah. okay. Like, what's the point of having a law if you don't enforce it? And, and and the funny thing is, is again, this is somewhere that the, the right will point at the left and say, well, you know, you've got DAs in San Francisco who are like basically have decriminalized shoplifting. They're not enforcing it. It's like, OK, so then I guess the pendulum does swing both ways. But uh, in terms of if we're not going to enforce a law versus whether we are going to enforce a law, I'd rather us not enforce shoplifting, but enforce red flag laws if it stops children from dying. Like, I, I'm sorry that I don't care as much about a CVS or a Rite Aid uh, being vandalized as I do children being murdered in the classroom. But uh, I would rather us enforce the laws that stop kids from dying. But no, if you keep doing it this way, then people can be like, oh, these laws don't work anyway. Might as well get rid of them. And then I don't know. Like, do they just want pandemonium in the streets? I don't I don't know. Uh, we have because gun violence won't change. It won't. I, one of my notes I wrote down here. I. I um, it's not going to change. We can't think that it is going to change because so, it won't. We have this Second Amendment like dogma in this country. Like I have never heard of a right being defended anywhere as much as the right for me to own a firearm. I'm not even going to get into the uh, whether or not the amendment is interpreted correctly because, in my yeah. opinion, it's not. It's it's not interpreted correctly. But uh, I, <laughs> good luck. Um, but our culture is centered around rebellion and defiance. Yeah. Like that is literally what we were founded on. Yeah. Was defiance of uh, the law. So you think we're going to make our own that's going to be in people's best interest? No. <laughs> well, in, in so much in, in uh, a, a lot of this is this is this is not this is not an assuagement of any kind. Um so much of this is driven by an ideologically an ideological three to five percent, because again, when it comes to common sense gun control legislation like universal background checks, like red flag laws, there is broad appeal for those. There's even pretty. It's not the same like eighty ninety percent broad appeal, but there is like a fifty six percent majority think that the, um, the uh, assault style weapons should be banned. Right? Like there is actual like there 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 is a, 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 a people want people want to see change. I don't, I don't know how else to put. It. People want to see more laws um, put in place to to regulate these things. But the problem is is that our politics are driven by 
the uh, the ideological anchors. And it's uh, I mean, it, it, the, the heart of this is how we vote in elected officials, because um, <clears throat> I think that this could change. I, I, I think that gun violence could be reduced if we were willing to actually step up and do something about it. But you have this uh, this deification of the Second Amendment and um, uh, you, you have a country that has more guns in it than than people. Which is astonishing. Well, you have two hands. <laughs> you need one for each hand, right? You need, apparently you need one for each hand, yeah. And I, I am not on the side of banning guns. I personally, like, I don't, I don't care for guns. Yeah. Um, I don't. But they're a part of modern life, um, modern death technology, so whatever. Uh, you have loads of responsible gun owners out there. Do we... Uh, I, I'm you starting do. to question. No. I am really no, no. I'm really starting to question this, Josh. I am. This is this is something that I have a legitimate question about because a, a six year old was just just recently made the news for killing themselves with a in you know in an, an unsecured gun. In a lot of mass shootings, the reason that uh, they are able to get guns that they didn't purchase themselves is because the weapons are unsecured. Again, I just brought it up in Nashville. The largest spike in crime in the city of Nashville, uh, as far as guns goes, is gun theft. People leaving unsecured weapons in their cars. That does not suggest to me that people are responsible. I, I don't know that we can really even make the argument that the American citizen in general is a responsible human being. The fact that we like pissed our pants and whined so much about wearing a fucking mask during uh, the COVID pandemic says to me, people cannot be trusted to simply be responsible Period. End, end, end of story. I, I, I think that saying that there are a lot of responsible gun owners, I, I don't believe that anymore. I simply do not. I think a lot of people own guns. And I think that there is a population of them that, yes, are responsible, know how to handle them, know how to keep them locked up and secured, you know, probably have a great time going to the range and shooting them and, and enjoying that that experience. I've enjoyed shooting guns in, in my past. If I owned one, it would be under lock and key as well. I do not believe that the majority of gun owners are responsible gun owners. We have seen evidence quite to the contrary. Well, I will continue to put perhaps misguided faith in the fact that despite the sheer volume of uh, tragic gun-related uh, violence, um, there are a lot of responsible gun owners. And a lot of these responsible gun owners are actually in favor of putting mm -hmm. whatever kind of checks and balances in place to own a firearm because they know how dangerous they are. Right. And how you do need to be a responsible individual. And it... it this is so mundane, but I'm still going to compare it to driving a car. You need a license to drive a car. You right. need to follow certain rules. You have to take a test. You have to do you know, all these different things mm -hmm. to get a license to drive a car. There's a lot of shitty drivers, too. Right. Um, and you know what happened? That's, that's You made that's the car safer. Right. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. We made the car safer. Not the process to be able to drive a car. Doesn't that kind of prove my point about guns and responsibility is that we there's a lot of shitty drivers on the road. Most people aren't actually aware of the the laws that govern road safety. Like you, you take the test and then you forget about it. Well, and that's the thing is you have a big difference between a car and a gun. 
A gun is an Agreed. instrument of death. That is, is what it's designed to nope. do. You 100% put, agree. Yeah. But could you probably not put a ton of safety features in place so that it does not uh, go off in a way that it's not supposed to? Talking in terms of like accidental uh, yeah, oh, discharge and stuff like that. Sure. And a lot of weapons do. They're on the more expensive end. And it tends to be a, a like if you can't afford, you know, like a double action uh, pistol or something like that, like you're, you're going to buy whatever you can get your hands on. And a, a basic handgun, it's not a particularly good handgun, but a basic handgun will only cost you two, three hundred dollars. And those are not <laughs> safe weapons. And I, I don't think you need more than that for home defense. I, I, I don't I don't know. Do people? Like, do people hunt I, with the AR-15? Do people they, actually hunt with it? They say that, but it's it. I, I it does I, not look like a gun you go hunting with, right? And, and it's been pointed out that like one of the best weapons for home defense is still the shotgun, which is one of the most accessible, cheap firearms on the market. And it's because if somebody comes through the doorway, all you have to do is point the gun at the doorway. You don't even have to be particularly accurate with that gun. Yeah, chances you're, are good you're going to cause some damage. You're, you're going to right. You're going to hit somebody if you if you are suffering a home invasion. You have every right to stop somebody from coming into your house house point that gun at the doorway and stop them from invading 100 percent on board with that idea uh but the the, the fact of the matter is is like <laughs> what makes the ar-15 so dangerous is that it fires a a pretty small bullet at a very high speed which means you have to be more accurate with it and like it's no, it's not an ideal weapon for for home defense. It's it, that, that's why I think it's a very strange argument to continue to make that it has. I I don't know many sports shooters that are like uh like you were saying like hunters that that would take an AR-15 out and and hunt with it. Like I don't know. I yeah. But they they'll make the argument that yes, it's it's a weapon that they hunt with, and so it you know needs no, to be protected. There was a protected. movement in Congress to make it like the national weapon. I was it's like, so disgusting. I was like, where have we gone? We we banned this weapon. Yeah. For a time. Yeah. Uh deaths were lower then. Just you know. Just could be correlative. Could uh could be a false correlation. I don't know. Uh but now we want to make it the national weapon. Or I'm not we, but like a, yeah. a, a certain annoyingly vocal amount no, 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 yeah. of politicians that want to make it the like is that not the most tone deaf shit you can do i i agree a hundred percent but now we have uh our scapegoats now are transgender and uh mental health the, I, the mental health hype train uh, the second people were like well these people like they, they suffer from a lack of mental health resources i was like thank you so much you gave the nra an excuse it's it's not the guns it's the and, people well, now of course it's the people of course okay. it's the people yeah, yeah, yeah. The gun does not operate itself Sure, but uh, but fund it then. Fund mental health care. Stop pulling back because now nah, that's it, really same, complicated. Right, exactly, it's the same idiot wing that is is like, well, you know, you're not going to stop these things. It's like what we really should be doing is putting resources into to mental health care. It's like, yeah, but you're the jackasses that want to defund everything in the government, right? Like you're like I, I'm I'm, which is an astonishing idea. The more that you like really think about it to its end game, because. You know, the, the people who want to defund all these government programs, at some point they're going to defund Congress and put themselves out of a job. I don't know if they've thought that through all the way through. <laughs> um, but no, I, I hate, I agree. I, I think I, I hate the mental health hype train so much just because it's so disingenuous from the people who are talking about it. I agree that mental health, uh, mental health care and 
resources for people to seek out to, to get help on these things need to be more available and need to be destigmatized and, and, and needs to be in a, in a place that we can actually help people who are suffering real human crises. But the people who are making the argument, well, it's a mental health issue, nine times out of ten, there's somebody who's just trying to protect their fucking gun. Yeah. It's disingenuous. So, again, I don't... Uh, guns aren't for me. Like, I, yeah. don't, I don't care. But if you want to own one, fine. But prove to me that you are responsible enough to I, own one. I think that is perfectly reasonable. But no, we perfectly dare not reasonable. infringe in any way on someone's right to own a gun. I, it's, it's, it, 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 this is it, one of the burn reason- it all to the ground. Yeah, seriously. Well, no, no but uh, honestly, it, the the idea behind the Second Amendment was, if we put ourselves back in, in, in that time period, America had just fought a, a bloody revolutionary war to earn its independence. And basically, just it, it wanted to make sure that it was never in a position where the government could hold sway over the individual ever again, which, again, we can get into whether or not we're still in that place anymore, but that different story. Um, <clears throat> The whole idea of the Second Amendment was that, that states could create individual militias to push back against <laughs> the the larger United States Army if in some weird scenario the government ever tried to, you know, I don't know. Take over the. I don't. I don't even know how to put this because the the federal government does govern the states. Anyway, the idea was it was, it was supposed to be for for militias, right? Um, and so people still have this this notion in their head that the reason that we own guns is to protect ourselves from the government and from the United States military if they ever became like truly authoritarian or whatnot. The the needle on technology on the battlefield has moved so far in that yeah. time that that simple idea, the reason that the Second Amendment was even put into place, it doesn't hold water anymore. You're not going to fight back against the United States armed forces with your AR-15. You just you, you just aren't. Like the it's it's a fallacy of an idea to even like I, I don't I don't know I don't see a world where today having the second amendment as it's written makes sense anymore. Well, you can't change the constitution. You can't can't budge can't budge that original stuff. Can't do it. I love people when they when they say that forget that the Bill of Rights are literally the first fucking ten changes made to the Constitution. <laughs> the Constitution. Yeah, well, they they, they 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 did that though. They did that. The founders did that. Like they, the they founders can do didn't. It. The founders did not. The, Just, the people took. What are you one- talking about, sir? What are you talking about? Don't challenge my third grade social studies. No, I mean this is this is the thing. The Constitution was written. It was heavily debated on. It was released to the states. The states took one look at it, said, not bad. Here are some changes that we think you should make if if we're actually going to ratify this. And they created the first, the Bill of Rights, the first 10 amendments to the Constitution. The Bill of Rights is the first 10 changes made because the Constitution was designed to be changed. The only reason that the Constitution seems old and out of touch at this point is because we have not kept up with the ability to change it the way that it was meant to. It was meant to be a living document. It was meant to be fluid. It was never meant to be static. And the fact that we like treat it as some sort of, you know, uh, like heavenly edict that came down from Moses on the Mount or some bullshit like that is the reason that so many people are disaffected with the government and think that it, it, it can't move forward. And it's because 
we are we are not treating the Constitution the way that it was meant to be treated, which is as a fluid living document that changes over time. So there you go. There's your civics lesson today, yeah. kids. Uh, let's get off this. Sure. Yeah. I'm angry. Yeah. Let's get off this. Okay. Um, what here's what's some stuff that might actually matter to people in their day to day life. <laughs> uh, something's up with Costco chicken. Uh, go tell me why. So Costco has a five dollar. Yeah. whole chicken that yep. you can get five dollar rotisserie chicken and that's mm-hmm. a big big sucker too sure is it's yeah. huge and it's delicious or at least it was because uh, this past week i went got my five dollar chicken and it tasted overcooked oh which i was like oh but it tasted it just tasted off like it did not taste good it was drier and it just had a weird like almost burnt taste to it did you get a bad chicken well that's what i was thought and i was like that's that's sad especially for the amount of time i spend standing there choosing my chicken yeah uh (laughs) i I get it i do the same thing at Publix. (laughs) uh i really like i was i was bummed um but no there's actually been some chatter online Uh that says something is up with costco chicken oh my uh there have been i am not alone josh and listeners if you feel this way you are not alone is it is it foul play I suspect foul play. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but some people are like, D- is this like a, a batch of chickens that just like sums up with that batch of the chicken? Did right. they change uh, something in like the, the saline solution that they oh. pumped into the chicken Yeah, uh, because it's cheaper or something like that, which that would be depressing, but not surprising. Yeah. Uh, but they, they describe like kind of a, a weird off taste or weird like chemical taste. And it's just like, it's not good. That's not great. No. So, folks, what? just be mindful. If you shop at Costco, be mindful about the chicken. Still Josh, five bucks. I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to promise our, our listeners we are going to be following this story breathlessly. And until your Costco chicken returns to its original flavor and consistency, we are not going to let this go. Now, on the other hand, if you just enjoy grabbing a, a buck fifty hot dog, and soda for lunch, uh, that's still fine. Can't argue uh, with that either. Yeah. Hot dog I, and a soda pop? I will always love the story of Costco trying to figure out how to like improve their profits, and the founder would not budge on the price of the hot dog. It's great. I believe the quote is, uh, "I if you try to raise the price of the hot dog, I will fucking kill you. That's a quote. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Holy shit. He Mr. Was Costco not... is not effing around, as no, they say. He... Holy crap. That's hardcore on the hot dogs. Uh yeah. Which is pretty cool. <laughs> pretty cool. Like it's a it's a great place to get a cheap lunch. Uh a, sure. a foot long hot dog and soda, or if you're more of a pizza guy, I think the pizza a slice of pizza is, is two bucks, whether or not it's cheese or pepperoni, same price, which you don't find that anywhere. No. A cheese slice is your base price, and then it's an extra buck fifty for, for a pepperoni. topping. Yeah, exactly. No, I I, I agree with you there. Um, yeah, uh, the uh, the the hot dog reminds me. Did you see that the Toronto Blue Jays introduced a poutine hot dog? I thought you'd appreciate this, given that your your wife is French Canadian. So okay, so Toronto is not in Quebec. They speak English. Yeah, so I, 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 get, I, I know. It's, it's, um, <laughs> it's the 10 provinces. Does anybody really care like, what the difference is? No. I'm like, that's really cool. But yeah. There's a part of me that goes, they didn't already? I know, right? It's surprising. So, 
But now I'm trying to wrap my head around. I do those flavors work? So poutine gravy is, it's and gravy. squeaky cheese. Yep. On a hot dog and potatoes on a hot dog. So oh, so they put the they put the fries on there as well. I think so. Yeah. Mm. It's like that it's like potato decadent. chunkins. That's probably um, like thirty five dollars. I mean, people get cheese dogs, right? <laughs> yeah, sure. And and I think the gravy probably goes just fine on a hot dog. Um, yeah, I think I'm trying to uh, come to terms with the gravy aspect of it, huh? Better eat it quick. That bun's gonna get super soggy. So soggy. I think that's oh probably more God. of like a knife and fork. <laughs> that's a uh, so in uh, in Hawaii they do hot dogs where they they drill a hole through the bun. They don't okay. slice it open. Oh, they drill a hole through it and then stuff the dog in there and like squirt down any uh, condiments you want. Uh, it's very interesting, but I would almost have to do it like that. I think that's different. I that seems like more work. It's more work for them, not for me. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough, good sir. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, so you have bun 365. Uh, okay, I dig that. Um, I I dig that. Uh, it, it, every every region has its like it, its food that is like it, it's just sort of like you know it, it's. Did you know that St. Louis, Missouri, has its own brand of its own style of pizza? Yes. Did you know it's effing gross? It's an abomination. It's disgusting. It what is not, that cheese? It, it, it's a it's a fake cheese product. Oh yes, it is. Yeah, on a cracker. Like I it's not almost, really even a like a crust. It's a fucking cracker. You may remember several weeks back, I was ranting about vegan pizza. Yes, I do remember. <laughs> I don't know, like. If I was in a life or death situation and I had to choose one or the other, I don't know where I would go. I, I might just be like, I, I'm out. The vegan pizza or the uh, the St. Louis pizza? It's yeah, it's it's awful. St. Louis pizza is is probably the the most like everybody's like you can't fuck up pizza. Like right, everybody's always in the mood for pizza. I'm like, ah, you say that until you've had St. Louis pizza. Yeah. I'm like, there's a lot of pizza you can mess up. Okay. And that's coming from uh, people who are on a budget and would buy those little like Totino's dollar pizzas. (laughs) Buy the the dollar pound. (laughs) Buy the, I mean, just that was, that might be your, what you would eat for the day. You'd have a couple of Pop-Tarts in the morning and a Totino's pizza at night because that's, (laughs) that's what we could afford. These foods are banned in other countries. (laughs) And we were just like, we were like, nope, this is, this is just what we're going to eat. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, St. Louis pizza. I got to go there in a, in a couple days, oh. and um, I have to remind myself. You gonna get yourself a slice? Hell no! <laughs> Absolutely not. It's like the the Michael Scott being like, "I'm gonna go get me a New York slice," and he crosses the street to Sparrow. And- <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay, my so I, I have this memory. One other memory of like bad pizza. I don't know if I would call it bad, but just like not what I was expecting. When I was seventeen, I spent um, part of my summer out in uh, um, San Francisco with uh, my uncle Dave and his partner Jim, and we like they they just again seventeen year old Midwestern boy, not having a whole lot of you know like experience of the world. San Francisco was eye opening. <laughs> and there was a night that we ordered pizza and I'm thinking, oh, okay, this like I can do pizza, right? Like, you know, we, we've got Domino's in, in Sylvania, Ohio. Um, it was not Domino's. I don't know where it came from, but it was pizza with Indian spices and like curry topping. Oh, yes. Very Highly interesting. unexpected. I think today 
I would find that terribly compelling and I'd like I'd want to go back and try it again and and see like what that experience really is like Uh, at the time I was less than thrilled I was like where did this come from (laughs) like what is this what is this (laughs) tomato sauce cheese pepperoni like what what is right yeah exactly (laughs) get out of here with your cardamom Uh uh-huh yeah cardamom on pizza is is different weird Huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, all that to say, uh, props to Costco for having a cheap lunch counter. Sure, but uh, be mindful of the chicken. I, I'm actually, I, I'm very legitimately curious if that's something that will get picked up um, by some of the major news outlets because uh, a couple of months ago, like when inflation was really at its worst and like egg prices were just uh, you know completely absurd. Um, I think the Wall Street Journal, New York Times, and um, I want to say uh, WAPO, all three of them at different times over like a period of a couple of weeks ran stories about the Costco rotisserie chicken, um, specifically because it remains $5 in a period of high inflation and it remains consistent. They talked about like the history of like the rotisserie chicken and, and like Boston Market and, and all of that. Um but it, I, I mean, it was a focus piece for like all some of the biggest news outlets in, in the United States. They all looked at the Costco chicken. So I am wondering if we get a revisit to the Costco chicken in the next couple of weeks over what's going on with the Costco chicken. I, if, I, I mean, it's clear that they're listening to us. So uh, we might see that happen. Yes. Um, as major companies continue to struggle with uh, chat GPT to get reliable uh, anything. Yeah. Uh, like, keep tuning into us. We right. have the, the breaking stories. <laughs> we have the stories that you want to hear about. So, uh, Costco chicken, something's, something's, something's funky. S- something's fishy. And we will we will not let this go, listeners. We promise. We're, we're not. We have, I, of course, I have a lot of other things I want to talk about, but uh, looking at our timing here, uh, I think we're just going to pivot straight into... Our band book of the week. Yeah, I think that that we each, sounds. We each have a, a book or two. Yeah, uh, I, so this week I am going to highlight the Bluest Eye, um, which is it remains one of the most challenged books in the United States in terms of uh, it being challenged from the shelves of not just schools but actually general libraries. Um, people want this book banned completely. The Bluest Eye is Toni Morrison's first outing. It's her very first novel, um, which. From a strictly empirical standpoint, the the book often receives some criticism for just its its general structure and tone being clearly a, a rookie author outing. So literary L- criticism, literary criticism, yeah. Um, which you, you can, I I'm always I'm very much in the camp of there is no right way to write. Like you, you just have to you just write. You know, write your story. Um, but you know, for for all its literary flaws, it did get published. Um, it would lead Toni Morrison into being, you know, one of the most uh, successful and vaunted authors of the 20th century. She's a Pulitzer Prize winner. She's a Nobel Prize winner. Um, so she is quite a gifted writer. I, you know, I, I think that if you read The Bluest Eye versus some of her later works, you can see an evolution of a writer. But you can do that with any writer, right? You can read early Stephen King and compare it to later Stephen King, and there's there's clear progression. Anyway. The Bluest Eye tells a very difficult story. And this is like, you know, it is a book that pulls absolutely no punches. The reason that I want to highlight it is because it's because it tells a difficult story and it tells a difficult story that I think not a lot of people, um, unless you are, you know, 
it, it's it's probably a story you've never really been exposed to before. Is 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 my guess. Um, it's it is about a young black girl who is in the foster care system. And she ends up in this family in Lorain, Ohio, which is not far from where I grew up. It's, it's just 100 miles down the road, right along the coast of uh, Lake Erie. And she is like tortured by this community emotionally um, for being black, poor, and having strange mannerisms. And so all she focuses on, her, what she attributes to, having, to being like white and beautiful, is she wants blue eyes. And the story plays out um, over a series of narratives uh, where we kind of just see her life continue to progressively fall apart. It is, it, this book is a tragedy from start to finish. And again, like uh, to be very clear, it is a, it is a difficult read. What's the I, time period uh, this, nine, this book yeah, is set in? 1941. It's, okay. it's um, immediately post, uh, post-depression. Um, again, I think it's important for people to read to uh open their eyes to an experience that is wholly unlike uh, unlike their own. I remember the first time I read The Bluest Eye, and I remember how much it like really rocked me. And it's a book that I do occasionally go back to and, and reread. Um, it's a hard book to read. It is short. Um, it's, it's not a long book, so you know, you'll be through it in probably a week. But if you have not read The Bluest Eye, I encourage you to... to I, I encourage you to. It's it is an excellent book. It is a difficult book, um, but that's the one that I wanted to kick this off with. Okay, and that uh, that is a book that is uh, still, uh, I believe, challenged or banned in the Florida school system. Yeah, and it's it, it's because it deals with um, it deals with uh, race and racism. It deals with uh, like. <sighs> mental abuse it deals with sexual abuse and incest um the topics covered in the book are i, I again i, I don't want to i'm not going to pull punches because the book doesn't it's a it's a challenging book to read but like so many things it's it's the kind of challenge that is worth your time um and will hopefully open you up to a different perspective thank you very much yeah that is the bluest eye by tony morrison we've mm-hmm. talked about her before yeah I recently read, um, I was going to talk about two books here, but I'm going to try to kind of just keep it uh, as as brief as possible. So a a book that is being challenged right now, Mm -hmm. widespread, and I'm going to kind of do a little comparison contrast with a book that has often been challenged and or banned. It may not be at the moment, uh, but it's probably going to be with the way Florida's system is going. (laughs) Uh, but a, a one of the books that tops the, the list right now is Gender Queer, a memoir. Okay. So I went and uh, found it at the library and took a look at it. What's interesting first is it's a um, it's done in comic book form. It's done oh. as a graphic novel. So it's super accessible. Like Mouse? What's Mouse? Oh, uh, it, Mouse is um, the story of uh, – it's basically the story of the Holocaust, but um, told as – two mice and it's uh it's a it's a graphic novel okay well it's i mean it, it's a graphic novel but the, we're not substituting animals for for people. sure, it's, sure, it's sure this person telling okay. telling their story and how they were born a girl but they don't really yeah identify as that but they the, the story goes into that life complication of trying to figure out what they are trying to put 
an identity yeah on them and it's it's surprisingly layered uh, okay. because it's not as simple as being like oh i'm a girl but i like girls or i'm a girl but i want to be a, a boy and i like boys it's 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 very complicated almost to the point where you need to kind of read it a few times hmm. to kind of try to understand this person yeah because from the outside looking in like it's very strange it's very unusual and that makes it that makes it complicated and if your your kid approaches you saying that they really resonate with this story and that it makes sense to them because they feel like you could you could struggle with this sure trying to understand it um the other book I was going to bring up that I feel like this kind of pairs well with is Judy Bloom's Then Again, Maybe I Won't, mm-hmm. which was a book about uh, a, a kid's family that goes through some changes and he is hitting puberty and he's going through some life changes and uh, talks about a lot of that kind of coming of age stuff. And that book has historically been banned because there's bad language, there's uh, bad Im- influences, there's a lot of a, a discussion of sexuality or sex-related things. And I was like, oh, like genderqueer is just, they. this individual talks about their struggle, talks about the things that they are interested in or very much not interested in, talks about their experiences of like having to go get a pap smear. And... Um, they even describe and illustrate in very visceral detail, like that feeling. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I can imagine a parent being like, oh, my kid's looking at this. Oh, my God. But at the same time, you need to talk to your kids. Yeah. And I was like, I think that is my struggle is like kids are going to get a hold of this information in some form. You're not going to be able to stop it. It's going to happen. Right. So you might as well try to control or at least guide where that happens. Like the 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 swear word thing, I, I think is the funniest <laughs> uh, pushback ever. Is like, oh, well this has swear words. They shouldn't read it. I'm like, uh, kids have a very extensive curse word vocabulary by third grade. So I, they know I, not to use it, but they know it. I want to I want to give a shout out real quick because um, my aunt Gail listens to our podcast weekly. And first of all, I want to say, Aunt Gail, thank you so much. I truly appreciate having you as a, a listener. It it is it is joyous knowing that that you're listening in. She loved our episode last week, especially because we talked so extensively about banned books, and she had uh, some commentary on that. All Something right. that she wanted wanted to uh, call out. She's like, by the way, uh, kids in private schools curse at a very early age so it's not just the ones in public schools <laughs> it's all <Yeah>. children <laughs> by, by a certain age have developed a curse word vocabulary yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna tell a personal story here real quick yeah. um my upbringing sucked uh for various reasons that i'm not going to get into because this is not better help um by the way <laughs> fuck better help as, yeah, a, as a company um, i've if heard you need if you need assistance don't go better help i've heard nothing I know but they, terrible things about them lately Tons of podcasts like have better help as an advertisement. And yeah. um, you probably shouldn't listen to those podcasts because uh, they're just shilling for that sweet, sweet dollar. We don't have <laughs> we don't have any sort of sponsors, so we can say what we like. And this brought to you is, by Raid Shadow Legends. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Um, no, but better help has been uh, it's been discovered. They've been 
uh, selling your personal information, and yeah. including uh, stuff you discuss yeah. uh, to marketing entities to try to make money off of your pain. So yep. fuck BetterHelp. All right, uh, sad story. Growing up, my stepmom resolved to try to keep me as isolated as possible from my younger half sisters. Okay. Because I was the last one to go to school. My my sisters were homeschooled gotcha. and stuff, and she didn't want me uh, corrupting them. <laughs> what was interesting about this is that my older siblings did not fall under this rule. Okay. Uh, and they went to schools and, but you know, whatever, fine. So you don't want me uh, corrupting them, coming home with my <laughs> outside ways. <laughs> uh, but they were still exposed to a lot of different kind of television that my uh, parents watched. Okay. When we got a computer, they had almost virtual free reign on the early internet. And oh my, my God. One of my sisters got heavily into like anime message forums and was loosely supervised. Yeah. on them and uh i have some guilty pleasure in seeing how some of those relationships uh ended up turning out in terms of <laughs> mother-daughter relations because i had nothing to fucking do with it uh, the point is like they're going to get that information from right. different places it is the responsibility of an attentive parent to be aware and try to guide that into a good place uh, but I guarantee all this like ah, blowback about adult language or situations is just ignorance or it's laziness because you're like, nah, my kid doesn't need to know about that stuff. Uh, well, yes, they do. Maybe not at seven years old, but definitely by the time they're turning like 10 and 11 and their bodies start changing and they don't know what's happening. That five minute video about, oh, you're going to grow armpit hair and need deodorant. That's not enough. Right. No, it, it, it just isn't. So books like these that I just talk about, uh, then again, maybe I won't. Uh, Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. That's the uh, the other Judy Bloom come, uh, women yeah. coming of age story. Yeah. Um, and dude, honestly, Judy Bloom in, in general, really, like yeah. look into it, guys, if you want. It's uh, freckle juice changed my life. Um, <laughs> great book. You know, or uh, you know, now a book like Gender Queer is they're they're speaking. First of all, uh, genderqueer, a true story, mm -hmm. someone telling their story. Right. They're going through a medium that's very accessible for, for young people because people like art. It's also what the author is into. The, right. The author likes art. That That's their wheelhouse. So this is how they choose to tell their story. Um, to look at it as trying to corrupt the youths, no. Even if you don't understand it, that is not what it is. It is just trying to understand. Yeah. And if somebody reads that and identifies with that and comes to you and is like, I just read this book and it really like did something with me. Uh, your knee jerk reaction shouldn't be like, this needs to burn in a fire immediately. Get some seaweed. Let's go. Uh, it should be, okay, let's talk about it. And, and, you know, the the conversations that I have had with parents um, – in and around my life regarding books that are banned and talking about like, well, what would, what would you do? Like I, I challenged um, some of my, um, the parents that I know who are firmly in the, the democratic and or, and or progressive camp. I was like, what would you do if one of your children came home with a book like uh, irreversible damage or unmasked? Like, you know, how would you handle that? 
Um, and likewise, on the other side, I'm, I'm asking about, you know, books that are traditionally thought of as liberal or whatever to parents on, on the, the right. And in almost both cases, like universally, they say we would want to have a conversation with our child about the book. Like it's it, it, it's like you're saying, like it, it shouldn't be an immediate shut it down, shy away, try and bury that. It's let's talk about the contents what we think the author's message was trying to be and whether or not you actually resonate with, with X, Y, Z. And I think being able to open it up to a discussion and not just with kids, I think just in general, being able oh, to absolutely open, in general. Here's the thing. Yes. Yeah. This is what drives me crazy is there's a ton of people that will jump on this hype train of banning all these books and be like, Oh, they're terrible. And they have no idea what the book is about. None. They have no idea. Someone told None. them it is bad <laughs> and they're like, Oh, then that's awful. Uh, another example uh, the Da Vinci Code. Remember when the Da Vinci Code was huge? Yeah, I do. So I I started going through at the time. I started going through like an adult uh, becoming Catholic uh, mm-hmm. class. I think they call it like RCRI or something like that. Okay. In um, my very first like little lesson, there was a woman in there that starts ranting about the Da Vinci Code and being an attack on faith and all this stuff. And um, I immediately stop her. I'm like, Have you read? the book right she's like no i was like turn to page one the author's preface where he says this is a work of fiction this <laughs> is just da 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 and is explicitly says is not meant right to like go against catholic dogma it is a story it's a story and how weak is your faith that you feel attacked and challenged by someone's story and, and, Needless and, and, to say, I did not become a Catholic. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and I think that that's I, I think that's exactly it. Is it's um, I, I think so many people unfortunately because what I what I wanted to cap this off with was you know we're as we continue to talk about banned books and challenging books especially especially I, I think that in general people need to put themselves into a position where they are challenged or uncomfortable a little bit more often. I'm not saying that we have to sit and simmer there. And, and again, you know, like the, the, the books that, that we brought up um, are, are going to expose people to, to different perspectives that you may not, you know, have, have ever uh, experienced before. You don't have to spend your entire day in that space. You don't have to, you know, carry guilt with you afterwards or whatever. But you do need to at least be able to step outside your comfort zone and experience the experiences of other people to just better understand how to how to talk. And if you are so uncomfortable with that idea you probably need to examine your own confidence and figure out why it is that that you're so afraid to to push beyond your boundaries. And these are questions that I fundamentally ask myself when I have a knee jerk reaction to something. I'm like, why am I afraid of this? What is it? You know, what is it about this? And sometimes it's not an easy answer, or sometimes it, it's a it's a difficult thing to to like get to the core of. Like, you know, what is it about this that I, I feel so uncomfortable with? Um, but I like to think that. Hopefully, over time, I'm making myself a better person by <laughs> exposing myself to just a, a more wide-ranging person. Sure, I, I think that's that's probably yeah. I don't know that I'm ever gonna. I'm 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 pretty trash. I don't know that I'm ever gonna be a good person. But we're know, all trash. We're all trash. Yeah, we're just we're, we're garbage. We're all <laughs> just filth. Yeah, but that's okay because Easter is coming, and I'm gonna get a chocolate egg. Exactly. We're all forgiven. Here's your chocolate yes. egg. Yes. Uh, so. Just to, to put like a, a humorous cap on, on all of this, you remember the Cadbury Bunny, right? Yeah. 
and there's going to be some connective tissue with the uh, the old Costco line. You remember the, the Cadbury bunny clucks like a he clucked he, yeah. like a chicken, right? Yeah, he just uh, okay. sit there and go. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I am learning that not all people were aware that the Cadbury bunny uh, made chicken noises, and I thought this was common knowledge. Oh shoot! Is this like a Mandela effect thing? That's what I thought, but then I looked up the commercials yeah. and I was uh, like, "Okay." And he does, yeah, he, he does cluck. He, he clucks. He bucks. Yeah. Yep. And yeah, because there's... I mean, of course he does. He he gives you eggs. <laughs> the the rabbit <laughs> gives you. Egg. Why yeah. did Cadbury choose a fucking bunny when they're it's because an it's egg. an Easter candy? You have a bunny because why? Because <sighs> bunnies uh, proliferate extensively, as they say in Zootopia. Very adult joke. We are good at multiplying. <laughs> Can I ask you this? When was the last time you had a Cadbury egg? Uh, it's probably been a year. I, I can't eat them anymore. They are so sugary. They are super sugary. They're also smaller than they used to be. Are they? I'm is a little bitter sh- about that. Is that shrinkflation at work? Shrinkflation at work. Yeah. But I mean, they've been smaller for a while now. Oh, okay. I think gotcha. since the last crisis, uh, they shrink them. <laughs> no, I... I remember the last time I had a Cadbury bunny and I was like, this is so rich and so sugary. Like, I... I, I almost didn't feel good eating it. Was it the caramel one or just the, the cream-filled one? Cream-filled. White or orange? Orange. Yeah, that's a, that's a sweet one. Okay. I think the white one's sweeter. Is it? Um, but I've I've evolved almost to where like, I'd almost rather the caramel one. Yeah. But, listeners, I want to hear from you. What is your favorite uh, Cadbury egg, and why is it actually the Reese's egg? The, the Reese's egg can do no wrong. The it's, Reese's it's egg wonderful. is perfect. Yep, yeah, you is. ever get the, the whole the Cadbury-looking... Reese's oh, egg. It's yeah. a, it's a full egg yep. of peanut butter goodness inside. Oh, absolutely. Yes. You it 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 is it, it is unimpeachable. It is perfect. It's it's what the world needs more of. We have indicated that the Reese's egg. Is we the have best indicated of the Easter eggs. <laughs> Reese's is the best Easter egg. <laughs> this is not an indictment against Cadbury. <laughs> so stupid. Uh, no, I love it. I love it. All right, well, we'll come back after Easter. Uh, we'll see how everybody feels. <laughs> see what happens this week. I'm excited. What are I, we going to complain about next time? Just uh, about how indicated uh, old old Donnie B is. Well, no, we're going to have to talk about him being rained. Oh, that's right. He's, he's going to get rained on by, by the time yes. we, we come back. Yeah, no, you're, it's, it's a good point. Yep. But yeah, I want to talk about that. I want to talk about wage increases, uh, Disney World doing some stuff that's kind of funny. Uh, free lunch. I and there's more, more states are doing free lunch. I love it. So next time. Next time. I promise we'll be a little bit lighter next time if current events allow. Please God, current events. <laughs> <laughs> Don't fuck us on this. <laughs> See ya. See ya.